sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello there. It is a beautiful Thursday afternoon outside here near the end of March, the last around the Hearn for the month of March, but we're not going to let anything damper what is going on. The big news in Ohio, the governor's stay-at-home order means for the first time since World War II, between 1941 and 1945, the only cancellation of the OHSA winter tournaments since the OHSA was founded in 1907. Girls State Tournament first held in 76, the Ice Hockey State Tournament first held in 78, but everything now officially canceled. No longer the postponement, the note from the Ohio High School Athletic Association says they announced that winter sports, wrestling, basketball, ice hockey, which are postponed indefinitely on March 12th, are all now canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. It is anticipated schools will be able to reopen for many weeks or will not be able to reopen rather for many weeks, which prevents the uh, games from taking place. Jerry Stodgrass, who's a friend of the show, has been on many times, said we're just devastated that these tournaments cannot be completed, but our priority is of our student-athletes, coaches, communities, and officials. Governor DeWine is asked to uh, have Ohioans do all they can to stop the spread of the virus, and with that request, we can't open for a number of weeks, and even if we are, we don't know where we would be able to hold those. We're already planning to honor the uh, 16 regionals, or 16 schools that qualified for the girls' state tournament, and the four teams that qualified for the ice hockey state tournament next year, along with the regionals that were set to be played. But there will be no state champions in 2020. The OHSA doesn't use state polls or the AP poll to determine the championships. And that's grim news. You'll hear from a couple of coaches directly impacted by that in Ottawa Glendorf's Tyson McLaughlin and Chris Sauter from the undefeated Columbus Grove Bulldogs squad. Also, a couple of guys on the other side, and Kurt Cottermiller from Marion Local had his season ended by uh, a team directly uh, affected in Parkway. But he'll talk a little bit about that at about the two-year anniversary of winning a state title in Columbus. And Brian Harlebert, the uh, Coldwater Boys baseball head coach, will talk about last year's state title, the run that the Cavaliers made to Akron and the increasing unlikeliness that he will not have a chance for his boys to defend their title or what that will look like if his team is able to get some games in at some point this season. As we sit here at the end of March the 26th when I tape this, the governor's on every day. He's giving out new information about everything that's going on, and there are a lot of people on both sides of the fence about how they feel about that. This is not a political show. It's not a thing I'm getting into. Just stating a fact, a lot of folks feel a lot of different ways about everything going on. I just hope that everybody that's cooped up in their house like I am is safe and is able to find something, kind of an outlet. That's kind of the purpose of this show. And a reason why I've started to ask coaches about what book they're reading and about uh, what you can do. I've got a couple of really good books Book that I am starting to get into, there's a show on the AMC network called uh, Dispatches from Elsewhere. And I didn't realize at first if it was an actual thing. Because 
you know, you see phone numbers in movies and sometimes you call them, sometimes they're things they're not. But one of the characters mentions that he has an eidetic memory and it's actually Andre 3000 from Outcast. Figure that out. But uh, he mentions a, a book called Moonwalking with Einstein. And the thought behind this book is about improving your memory. And I think it's a really neat thing that uh, I've just started reading it online and trying to uh, pick apart about how to uh, how to improve your own memory. And I think it's a neat book. Somebody uh, told me about one time, too, and I had forgotten. See, that's the guise of the whole thing that uh, I should check out. But make sure you check that out. And, and a lot of great recommendations from the coaches in these interviews as well. And Chris Sutter. I love Chris Sutter's answer. That's coming up in a few. You'll hear from all four head coaches throughout the course of the next hour in Chris Sutter, Brian Harlebert, Tyson McLaughlin, and Kurt Cuttemuller. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and supporting this even during the downtimes. We will get through. We will persevere. We will all be healthy, and there will be sports in no time. More of the show coming up. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench, ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer could come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. The Marion local Flyers are the Division Four state champions, 52-51 here in double overtime. Back now talking about Marion local basketball and Coach Kurt Gottemiller. How are you handling your time off right now? Oh, I suppose uh, just like uh, every everybody else is trying to handle it. Uh, I'm a school teacher, and of course we're not allowed to be at school, uh, but we're trying to do some online lessons. Uh, with our kids. Um, so I'm, I'm spending part of my day doing that. Uh, and, uh, of course I got my own kids here at home trying to keep them busy, uh, either with homework or with, with jobs around the house. So it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a different time, but, uh, you know, it's a sacrifice I think everybody needs to make so that, uh, for the good of the whole, for sure. You just had uh, kind of an anniversary of sorts. A couple of days ago, I, I got the memory thing that it was two years to the day. You guys won, the state title down in Columbus. I'd imagine that was a happy day thinking back about that. Yeah, there's no question about it. Uh, you know, March 24th, 2018, uh, that, that, that's definitely a day that we're going to always remember for the rest of our lives. A uh, very special day. Uh, you know, and, and anytime you, you win a state championship, I think, uh, you know, it, it's special, but, but to do it the way we did it, uh, winning by one and double overtime, uh, we made some big shots at the end of the uh, regulation in first overtime, and then uh, Tyler Measure hit two big free throws uh, with 2.6 seconds left. So certainly a special memory that uh, we'll always uh, remember for the rest of our lives. I always remember right before that last set where Measure goes to the free throw line, I, I remember sitting there thinking opposite from where you guys are sitting at, he might have been the most calm person in the building as he's taking that that couple of steps to the line. Uh, you know, from what I've heard, and, and I've heard Tyler talk about this, uh, he may have appeared calm on the outside, but 
Uh, I think he was pretty nervous on the inside. He certainly had some of his teammates trying to calm him down. And, you know, just as that play developed where he got fouled, you know, uh, we, they th- we threw the ball inside to Tyler. And as he gets fouled, everybody lets out a big cheer. And then all of a sudden, within a second or two, they realize, oh, he's got to make free throws now. And so it got really hush in our crowd. And from that point on, it was just a matter of uh, Tyler going to the line with confidence. And, and uh, you know, despite maybe a few nerves, he did a great job and was able to get both of them in there and, and it helped us win the state championship. But that's the, the little kid driveway play where you're counting down, you're, you're going for a state championship. And, and I know, I'm sure that you guys at the end of your practices, when the kids were tired, were shooting free throws to kind of not simulate that because of the atmosphere, but in, in terms of being tired at the end of games. Yeah, we certainly shot a lot of uh, free throws toward the end of our practice, simulating tired legs. And, and you know, you know, if, if we miss free throws that we're going to have to run, to try to put a little pressure on them. But you can't simulate anything like that in a real game. You know, Tyler was a kid that was used to being at the free throw line simply because, you know, he was a 6'2 post player that knew how to use his body around the rim. So he got fouled quite often and he ended up as our third all-time leading scorer, and, and a lot of those points were earned at the line. So he was certainly used to being at the free-throw line, and, and, and fortunately he was able to make those two big ones. I feel like watching him and watching how your program, both from the football and basketball side, has developed, he will be one of uh, those kids where you look at maybe uh, somebody who you know has all the talent in the world, but it maybe isn't working as hard as you think they might be able to. You can just sort of point to him and go, I mean, he's going to come in here and tell you you need to work harder if if you don't believe me. Well, I, I just think you look at Tyler, and he, he was a self-made player. I mean, you know, for a kid to be able to score over 1,000 points at, and being only 6'2", 6'1", 6'2", in, in the post, you know, he, he barely maybe had one to two threes in his whole career. So all of his, most of his points were scored right around the rim. And he, he just learned how to, to work hard, uh, to, to use his body, to use his strength and the things God did give him. And, and so you're, you're right. I mean, he, if anybody's going to be any good at, at, at basketball or anything in life, you got to work at it. Tyler was certainly an example of, of somebody that worked at his game and, and, you know, it paid off for him. What's one or two things that sort of stick out to you about that season when you look back at it? Oh, you know, there's a ton of things. You know, just like every year, we get off to a slow start with with our football team being so successful. Uh, we were two and two at one time. Uh, and, you know, even the last three or four years, we really don't start get rolling till till February. I mean, we're just trying to get better and trying to get better and, we had a big game in February. Uh, fortunately, we got a, a snow cancellation against Rosales, who at the time had uh, Justin Arns, uh, and they were thought of one of the better teams in the league. And we were supposed to play that game uh, in early January, and they got snowed out. And so we played it on a Monday in February. And, and you know, there was a lot of people there. The, the hangar was sold out that night. There was a lot of people from other schools that came to watch that game. And, we were able to come back and beat the Tigers. Uh, I think it was 52-47. And, and that really got us, kind of springboard us into the rest of the season because uh, it, basically it was for a league championship and we were able to, to win the league that year with a 9-0 record. And so I'll, I'll always remember that regular season game as one of the bigger ones. But 
certainly as you get into the tournament then, you know, uh, the big one against St. Henry in the district final, we had beaten them uh, by 37 in the regular season, but that was an aberration because we were not nearly uh, 37 points better than them. And Coach Rosenbeck had a great game plan against us. He went four corners on offense the whole game and triangle and two on defense the whole game. And, and then just came right down to the wire and went to overtime and we were able to win that game 39-38. That propelled us uh, propelled us into the regional. So, you know, just, just things like that stick out. It's always crazy to me. I always try to tell people that maybe aren't familiar with the MAC or the area that I, I – for my money, sitting outside and looking at it from up above, Eric Rosenbeck has got to be one of the smartest uh, tactical coaches around. And it, it has to suck for you because the second time, you know what worked the first time probably isn't going to. Yeah, you know, I think that Eric's ex- definitely an excellent coach and does a great job. And I think a lot of the coaches in our league are, are that way, you know. You, and it's not just our league either. It's, it's coaches all around our area. You get into a district tournament, and if you've seen a team once and they've seen you, the, the game just changes. You know, sometimes it's a relief breaking through that district if you can get there and, and, and playing some teams you don't know once you get to the regional level. And, and certainly that year was true, uh, being able to play Springfield Catholic. And, you know, they didn't know us as well as maybe St. Henry or a New Bremen would have. And, and that just makes the things just a little bit easier. You feel like, uh, you know, if you really do your homework, you might be able to get a little bit of a competitive advantage. Uh, but actually, in the, in the regional final game, we, had, we ended up playing Fort Laramie, who we had played in the, just like a month prior. And Fort Laramie was probably the favorite in our regional. So uh, we played really, really well that night. We were able to, to beat Fort Laramie to get to the state tournament. But, uh, you know, it's like you said, that there's – Eric's a great coach, but there's a lot of great coaches in our area that are that are very tactically difficult to deal with, especially a second time. I look at the way the tournament ends this year, kind of it's in limbo right now about whether they're going to be able to finish it or not. You've got a couple of teams on your schedule that are still alive right now in Parkway and Shawnee. If they and are Jackson able Center. in Jackson Center too. I I saw it as soon as I said it. And uh you get one out of those three. You have to fight through that double overtime game with Jackson Center. How much do those type of games prepare you guys? Not not just with how good the MAC is, but your schedule from top to bottom when you get to that tournament. I would put our schedule up, and I know other coaches say this as well, but I would put our schedule up against anybody in our area with regard to who we play. There is, we just don't, you know, especially starting late like we do. We just don't get a breather. Uh, you know, we, we play five WBL schools. Uh, we play most of the Shelby County League uh, in addition to our own league schedule. Um, so it, it is a very difficult schedule. Uh, it's like I said, we don't get many breathers, and, and that certainly prepares us. You know, our record probably isn't as good as maybe it could be uh, if we had full practices at the beginning of November and December. Uh, and it's probably not as good as it could be if, if we scheduled a little lighter, but we think it prepares us for tournament time. And I think that's been proven out here the last uh, three, four years where we've been playing our best basketball uh, when tournament rolls around. I will say just as a side note, I saw the conversation on Twitter uh, with you and the football coaches about uh, their, their number of rings. And it's kind of, all right, I want those kids. I would imagine to, to still be that hunger when they come off football season and, 
kind of figure out how to parlay that for uh, the hardwood. You wonder, you know, I, I wonder, you know, from a motivational standpoint, when our, our, our football kids do come in, usually we have about 80 to 90% of our basketball players that also play football. And, you know, they've come off either a state championship or a state runner-up uh, every year in my, in my nine years. Uh, so they're always playing in that last game. You wonder a little bit, you know, how motivated are they going to be where they, you know, they've reached the ultimate goal or the ultimate game every year. You know, are they motivated to start at the bottom of the mountain again and start that climb again because it's difficult? Uh, maybe they want to celebrate a little bit. Obviously, you know, mentally you're worried about how fresh they are, uh, you know, things like that. And obviously we miss six weeks of basketball every single year. So, you know, by the end of their senior year, they've missed 24 weeks. They've pretty much missed the whole season of basketball. Uh, you know, those, those things definitely add up. But, you know, if you can sit there and complain about them, you're just, it's not going to help at all. And, and then I figured out that, you know, we need to find ways to overcome that. And I think we have, you know, we just, we're just really worried about getting better every day and just, you know, playing well at the end of the year and not really worry about what our record is because, you know, you know, there's things you simply just can't control. You guys go into the middle of the year, you're sitting at two and nine this year before you host Jackson Center. Uh, what's the mindset like going into a game? with how your season's gone so far and how you know it's going to be, you're going to earn your points in a game like that. Yeah, our kids just did a great job this year. You know, again, we didn't really focus on our record. We knew, you know, you know, to begin our year, we started out with Verzales and Shawnee, and they combined with, uh, you know, one loss on the whole regular season between them. And so, you know, we were 0-2 to begin with, and we started out with something like, eight games in 15 days. So, you know, we knew that. And, and the other difficult thing that we had this year was that our, our senior class, we had six seniors, but only one of them really played meaningful minutes last year. So we were really, really inexperienced as well. And like you said, starting out two and nine, you know, it, it was difficult, but our kids just did a great job of just, they just kept working hard. And um, we were able to bust through on uh, a very low possession game against uh, Jackson center winning that one uh, i think it was 20 to 20 at the end of regulation and um, we were able to win 31 26 in double overtime and that gave us a little confidence uh i think we were able to beat Salina and then get a big win the following friday against delphus at home um so you know we got a little comments there then we lost three in a row and then once we lost those three games in a row we didn't lose uh until the district final we won like seven or eight games to end the year and that's what we always preach to our kids to be playing our best basketball at the end of the year. And I think this is another year in which we were able to do that. In those last three games, you beat Fort Recovery by two, you beat New Bremen by two in double overtime, and then sort of the heartbreaker in a way against a very good and very improving over the years Parkway team. But, man, that's that's a heck of a 10-day stretch. Yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, Full Recovery had beaten us by 12 at their place uh, at the beginning of February. and uh, New Bremen had beaten us uh, by 12 or 13 at their place in February as well. And those were two of our last three losses. So to be able to avenge those losses were, were, was really nice. You know, but, you know, we, we knew we were capable. And, you know, if I was an opposing coach, I would have said, you know, Marion's a team that I really wouldn't want to play. You know, they're a nine seed. Their record's not all that great. But we, we were competitive throughout the year with, with, with many teams, and, and we were getting better and better. And, and because we play really good, solid defense, 
you know, we can make it a low possession game. So, I, you know, just even how our tournament draw worked out, you know, teams were not eager uh, to see us, I don't think. Um, and we were able to, you know, get Temple Christian in the first game, uh, which, you know, that really allowed us to prepare a lot for Fort Recovery. And, you know, we did a great job of prepping, you know, and for us as a nine seed to be able to knock off the number one seed Indians, uh, that was a super, super win, you know, kind of rewarded our guys for a tough regular season. And then we felt confident going into the New Bremen game. Um, you know, that game was really close until late uh, in the regular season. And we really outplayed uh, New Bremen, I think, for three and a half quarters. And then we just did not finish the game very well. And you got to give them a lot of credit. They turned up the pressure and got it to overtime. And then uh, we were able to, you know, uh, hit a big three at the end of the first overtime to send it into the second overtime. Brady Ronabop made a big three. And, and then, you know, the plan in the second overtime wasn't to hold the ball. But, uh, you know, when they came out in zone, we held it. And we figured that they were going to come out eventually. Uh, but at some point, you know, we got to the point, well, you know, hey, we might as well just hold this thing and go for the last shot. And Alex Eink uh, made a tremendous play and got a lamp in the buzzer. And, that propelled us into the district final against Parkway. Uh, and, and people forget how close that game was. You know, it says we lost by 10, but, you know, it was a two-point game with under 40 seconds left. So we were right there, had an opportunity to win that game. But, you know, credit Parkway. They're an excellent team. And just just sorry that they did not get an opportunity to, 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 to play in that regional final with an opportunity to get to Columbus. Well, and that was going to be my question to you was, how do you look at Parkway from the outside of – what their chance was going to be against what was left in D4? Uh, you know, I had not seen Columbus Grove play. I know that they're uh, undefeated and ranked number one. and So I certainly think uh, Parkway would have been an underdog going in. But, you know, there are many underdogs that have, have risen up uh, and, and been able to, 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 to win games. And they had the bodies. They had the athleticism to compete with anybody. So I certainly would have gave them a decent shot of winning that game. And, you know, once you get to the state tournament, anything could happen. Uh, Jackson Center was another team we played. Uh, they had an opportunity to get there as well. So it would definitely would have been fun to go to the state tournament and see either a Columbus Grove or a Parkway uh, or and or a Jackson Center all be down there and battling and banging heads and, and, and uh, getting that opportunity. So unfortunately it didn't happen, uh, at least as of not yet. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, there's obviously more important things going on right now, so I think everybody understands it. I'll tell you what, if it doesn't end up happening with the way that scheduling, and I know how all that works, I had Jerry on a couple weeks ago, and he talked about it, but I'm going to find a blacktop somewhere and call Parkway and call Columbus Grove and see if those kids just want to play for like an hour and just see what happens, because I want to see that game. I think that'd be a yeah, I would game. I I agree with you. I think uh, it would have been a great game. Uh, both sides have great athletes, uh, and they're both well coached. And yeah, it, it would definitely be great if they could somehow get together uh, and, and decide that. Uh, there's no better feeling than uh, to, than than getting into Columbus, winning that game, and getting to Columbus. And I wish Doug uh, and Chris would have had that opportunity to take their teams to that game, but. Uh, you know, we have to move forward and, and uh, go go on from there, I suppose. Is there a, a coach or a school you just absolutely love looking across and seeing, like for whatever reason? Uh, there, there are teams that I follow, uh, 
that I try to steal from, um, or, you know, I, I think one of the things I was, I've been able to do in the last three, four years is connect with a lot of other coaches. Uh, one, one of the guys that really helped me out, uh, three, four years ago was a guy by the name of Brooke Cups. He's a, I love head Brooke Cups. Center. Yeah. He reminds me of Eric. At, yeah. He, he, he's a head coach at Centerville and he had an association with Aaron Stokes, who's the head football coach at Minster and, Garen and I teach they together. They were at uh, so, uh, Graham together, weren't they? That's right. Yeah, they they coached at Graham. Uh, Graham played in Division Two uh, state tournament one year, and 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 Garen was actually an assistant basketball coach uh, for Brooke there. Uh, but but through Garen, I've been able to I connected up with him a little bit, and you know I just basically tried to model our program after what they do, and and that is simply playing tremendous half court defense. They don't press. They don't trap. They don't, you know, play zone. They just play tremendous half-court man defense, and they focus on it. And I've tried to model our, our program after that. And then the other thing they do is they don't, on offense, they don't run a ton of sets. They just learn how to play good motion basketball. And they don't think of plays. They think of how to play and, 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 and doing the right things within a motion framework. So that's the guy I've really tried to model our program after. And uh, you know, certainly we, we don't do everything that they do, but, uh, you know, just learning from guys, not, not just him, but other guys like that, that's, that's how you get better. And, you know, I, I've just completed my ninth year and I'm spending a lot of the time here at home trying to get better. And I, I think that's what all coaches need to do is, you know, keep working on your craft and, 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 uh, figuring out ways that you can help your team and you can improve yourself, not only from an X's and O standpoint, but from a leadership standpoint and things like that. So that's, that's kind of what I do. I always love when a Centerville plays at flying to the hoop because they always have one or two tremendous athletes. They've always got a great three point shooter, but it's just not how they play. And it seems to anger people who just come there to want to watch just ridiculous dunks. Yeah. And, and, and if you watched our team this year, I'd say, I'd, I'd say you, you, you probably weren't overly, uh, you know, enthusiastic about, maybe our athletes or the way we play, but we play a grinded out style and that's how Centerville plays. And when they're playing against maybe superior athletes or bigger, stronger teams, a lot of times they'll beat those teams just because, you know, they take care of the basketball. They play tremendous defense. Uh, and, and they're just, when you play that way, you're just really difficult to beat. And, and, and in, in seeing that, that's the, the way I've tried to model our program. And, you know, our big games late in the year, you know, we've definitely got beat, you know, but at a few times, but, but you're just difficult to be playing like that. So, yeah, I'm sure it's not great and pretty basketball for everybody to watch, but that's, you, you win games that way. Well, I felt for you guys a couple of years ago at Flying to the Hoop because you were right after the circus left town with uh, the Ball family being in there in the big, the pack gym and, and everybody just there for whatever uh, ball was going to do. But it was still a terrific crowd. It just, it was a completely different energy from one game to the other. Yeah, I, I actually know. I We got the tape of that game. Uh, and I think you were on the call. Uh, Nathan Bruins hit a three at the buzzer to beat, uh, help me out here. Um, uh, Cardinal Stretch. Yeah, Oregon Cardinal Stretch. and. Cardinal Stritch had a had a great team uh, the year before when we were in Division Three. We almost met them in the regional finals. Uh, they had gotten beat by Archibald in 2017. Uh, 
so we finally met them in 2019 at the, the flying to the hoop. And, you know, we did everything we could just to stay in that game. It was only 17 to 12 at the half. We had to make it low scoring because they were superior athletically. And we were a big, strong team, but uh, we did not have their skill level. And we just kept staying in the game, staying in the game. And finally, we got it to a tie game, 37-37. And then uh, Matt Everman got our big rebound basket and kicked our, uh, off, a, off a missed shot and kicked it out to Nate. Nate hit a three at the buzzer to beat them. And, you know, I'm sure the people there thought it was an ugly game because it was very low scoring. But, again, that's how we had to beat teams. And, and so – that was a lot of fun and a big thrill to win that game. Well, it was just funny because I remember telling the guys that uh, I work for SUV TV. They do a lot of uh, the high caliber uh, Georgia games and the AAU games and all the uh, D1 kids that you hear about all the time. But I remember telling them, you know, I know you guys love that last game because it had just reckless shooting and, you know, hey, here's what I can do with all this crossover and everything. But you're about to see a basketball game. Not a pickup. Yeah, game. you're about to see how an actual basketball game goes around here. Yeah, you know, the the flying to the hoop. Uh, like like I said, it was a great opportunity for our guys, especially that was our regional bullet like that we would play regional games on. So getting to play down there was a good opportunity for us. But you know, I, I go down there to watch. I went down there to watch Brazil's a few times and scouted when they had on there playing. But I really haven't attended a lot of those games just because we're so busy and. I know it's a high-flying dunk show, and, and you got some some teams from around the country. But uh, you know, our our focus was just going down there and playing as well as we could, trying to get a W. So, well, I would imagine pretty soon you're going to get in on the uh, the Twitter videos of Marion local coaches throwing down, right? Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to jump off the trampoline or somebody's <laughs> back if I'm going to be. You just got to get a good throwing. Editor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I, couple of those guys on there. Eric Ike was my classmate. Uh, I was surprised to see that he could still throw down, but uh, he was able to get up there. And not not surprised at all that Mike Pullman could still throw it down. Uh, he's still a physical specimen, and he uh, he got it done with ease. So I think uh, my wife might have been the beneficiary of that because I think uh, some of the money that uh, went to, to feed the, the, the uh, people at the hospital and the pharmacy, uh, Cal Pharmacy, uh, where she works at. So I think she might have been some of the, the beneficiary of the donations they made. So uh, definitely, definitely a cool thing. See, that's what I think is so awesome. I try to explain to people all, all over the state about, you know, why do you love where you're from? Things like that. There's not a lot going on, but there's people who care who are still trying to do good things. There's no question. We live in uh, in, a, in a great area, a great community. Uh, but this whole area, you know, you just have a lot of good, genuine people that are willing to help each other. and uh, You know, they care about their community. They donate a lot of their time to the community. Uh, and, and, and that's, you know, a reason that uh, a lot of people end up, you know, if they're from this area, they end up staying around here. It's because of, uh, you know, just, you know, how everybody uh, works together and cooperates and, and really cares for the community. I'll ask you this because I've been asking every coach and administrator that I've had on this show during this time, um, what is a book you are reading or a book you would recommend for people to read during their downtime? Well, I just got a couple books in and I've just started this book, but I know it's good. I've had other people recommend it to me. It's called uh, Leaders Eat Last uh, by Simon Sinek. 
Um, and it, it, uh, it says why some teams pull together and others don't. Um, it basically just, it, I, I read a lot of leadership books and I think this one is just, you know, I haven't gotten very far into it, but it's, it's the idea that, you know, you put others in front of you and, you know, leaders, they shouldn't be afraid to do odd jobs and little things that, you know, uh, like sweep the gym floor and, and, uh, be last in line when you're eating things like that. So. I haven't gotten through it all yet, but that would definitely be one that I recommend. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Hey, I appreciate you having me. It, uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, hopefully we can all enjoy some of the sunshine outside and uh, eventually uh, get back to a sense of normalcy. That's Kurt Goddard talking about Maria local basketball here on the show. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Well, right back to winning, he made the double play to end the game. He caught the ball on a line drive, and the Cavaliers are seven-time state champs. I don't think anybody realized it. I didn't realize it. The comebacker in the best way leads to the dog pile, and the seniors who lost a year ago in this ball game in Columbus are state champions in Akron. 27 wins and a state title and a dog pile for the Division Three state champion Coldwater Cavaliers. Back here on Around the Herd now, talking Coldwater baseball. Well, some Coldwater baseball with Brian Harlebert, the head coach. And uh, how right now are you uh, staying sane with no baseball? Well, it's not easy, but uh, trying to stay somewhat busy with some schoolwork and the housework. And, you know, it it texts here to the players. Um, A lot of times I'll, I'll send them a link to a video to a, um, a workout thing, just trying to stay with a little connected a little bit somehow, but it's not easy. And now with sun's out, beautiful day again today, but we're not practicing, not playing. It's kind of hard. You just kind of uh, visually walk to the park in your mind and go, oh, I'm probably banned from there that way too. Yeah, it's kind of hard when you, you drive right by it. You know, you go by there. We went out there today and worked out with my son, the freshman, being back in the cage a little bit on the wall and kind of be out there. It's kind of it's definitely hard to do, but uh, something you have, all we got to do as a community and, and country and everybody else just to hang together and do it together. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine, too, it's probably a little bit harder because normally about this time of year, your guys' field starts to look beautiful. Well, when we left, it was it was mowed uh, one time. It was pretty good. And the day after, it was all for at Tuesday, last Tuesday, went by there with no school, no practice, and it was – a nice day. The field was dry. It was, you know, uh, mid-March. Oh, wow, this was in great shape. We can't even use it. So it's, it's been now, you know, almost it's about not, not nine, ten days of doing this, and it's very hard. But hopefully, you know, the weather stays as it is now, and the field stays nice, and keep playing soon. We hope. And obviously, a very hungry team coming off a state title win last year and getting pieces of that bag. You obviously miss a couple of really good pieces at the top, but you would have had all of that extra time with your guys after uh, basketball didn't exactly end how they would have liked it. Yeah, and we just uh, we had two days, three days with our, with our whole team, 
before the, the break here, and it was nice to see them all back together, and they were all hungry. You're right. I mean, we had a, uh, overall, you know, a, a great year last year, of course. We lost some big, big-time players, and in our three-year catcher, Austin Reisman, our two ace pitchers, you know, Jake Wayne and Cole Frilling, and four other seniors who were contributors. But, you know, the team that was coming back was strong, ready to compete, ready to buy into our, our philosophy again and go do it. So I think that's still there. And, I, and maybe people would say that this is maybe a good thing. It might be a good thing for us. Everybody would, it would chill for a little bit. When you come back, I kept telling them, we go back again do this, it's time to go. Hopefully they come back hungry to, to just to play the game and compete, go do it. Look back at last year, kind of the way the season goes, you start out a little bit slow out of the gate, I guess, compared to what you guys are used to because of the success of the baseball team or the basketball team. How, uh, when you finally, you get on that run in the middle of the season, is there a point you knew you had a very special group that could make a big, a big finish at the end of the year? Um, yes and no. I mean, each, each day I, I saw glimpses of, of that they can do this, but then you got to keep mind them because it's not easy. You know, every sport's hard to win and baseball, you know, I'm kind of probably a little biased at this point, but baseball is really, really hard to win because you, you can't control because you have one guy across from you who could dominate, knock you out. And so I, I thought we had a good chance. And I saw a glimpse of our guys. I had a tiger and the, the desire to do it. But it, it takes a little luck. And we got, you know, we came through big time against our school to get us to the next level. But that game was an unbelievable game for us and, and for our program to get us back to the tournament in Akron and get number seven. It, it's, it's a great feeling. I think this team's going to have that team desire again if they let us and let our coaching staff continue to to drive our players to the right, right goal. So what happened for us? I'm not sure there was a more kind of beautiful scene, your semifinal, the way that it ends, and, and just to look around the park and just see all those smiling faces. And after the finals, to see your kids, just you could tell they were exhausted, but it was, all right, are we done? We're done? Can we play again? Yeah. I think there was a, that, a relief um, that they did it. And, a, and a definitely a, a feel of a great accomplishment. You know, they were able to win it for themselves. I mean, our special seniors won it for you know, the program again, but they were all part of the team in 18 where uh, we were, you know, a run short in the final game in Columbus and couldn't quite do it. And then the, the 18 seniors uh, challenged the 19 seniors uh, and were there for them. I think they, they won it for themselves. They were relieved or happy. But they were fulfilled that they helped their 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 baseball brother and family yet again. So it's cool, cool. I thought that was the neatest part of, of your guys's run was that those guys. I I saw the challenges the the week leading up to the state tournament games of mm-hmm. go get one that you know how this feels. We were there with you. This is your time now to turn things around. And it was special. I know because you know I didn't realize till the end that they were in contact with those guys all the time until, you know, at last at the end of the game, we won it. We're ready to walk off the field and up, up the stands. And there was all seven of them ready for a picture with us. That's seven last year. So those 14 got together for a picture. I was, it was kind of cool. So it's a great memory. You know, um, we had a lot of great things in our program over the years, you know, in terms of winning state titles, winning games. But I think the family and environment, we, we've had to portray 
in our in our program is huge. And I think that's what what to me is more important than losses is watching you know young men become men and be helpful to their teammates, their friends, or family. So it's pretty cool. I know that you don't, as a coach, rate one championship versus the other, but with the way that you're talking about 2018, did that make this one a little more special for you personally? Um, it definitely, you know, they're all special, Michael. I mean, it's hard to say that one, one's better than the other one, but, you know, I, I, if I had to compare, you know, seasons for, you know, not to give anybody any, any great love or not love, but the team 14 was, was to me, it is really, really special. And those guys are still a big part of my life, you know, in terms of, I had my son on the field playing. I had my other son as a bat boy, you know, and that was my first. And, and that group of, of, of seniors, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of things, to, you know, to go for and be, be back there for some, so some personal things that went through some of our players' lives, you know, throughout that year and before that. And to see all those guys come together and they're still there supporting our program. So, you know, 14 was very special for me. We have been to that situation or for, 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 for that, you know, we haven't won that game. So it's like, you know, for me, it was my fifth time to the state final four and my first title. So that, that's very important, but not say 18, 19 were great. They were great, great kids, great, great teams. And you know, so I think it's just, not about one year about the program and the family. I think I continue to, to strive on and tell people that, you know, we our culture is really important to us and how we prepare ourselves. And we're not going to compete and go hard at it. Our guys, you know, respect other teams, their programs, but our guys know we're going to work for each other and for our programs. That, to me, is very, very satisfying. Do you have to even explain to your kids, or do they just know you're the bullseye? You're who everybody is constantly aiming for. It doesn't matter how the last season ended. They want to be able to get that win in their win column over Coldwater. I think that's part of our culture. I, I keep saying that, you know, we, we love that part. I mean, sometimes you lose those games, the teams, your rival, sometimes, sometimes you win it. So I think, you know, if you're going to, you know, have to play in that situation, you can't change it. You have to just, you know, bring it, bring it on you. And I think our guys just, I think I know that, our, our staff knows that, that we, we want that challenge and we're going to take that challenge. It's our job to get our players every year to believe in that. But I think that if, you know, if you compete, go get us. I think that's the way for us to do it is just to get part of our culture, part of our program, our team. Let's go. We want them to give us their best. I asked Mike Wiss this last week when he was on about it was more uh, geared towards basketball. But is there a coach or a team on the other side of the other dugout when you look over, you just absolutely love going against those guys? I mean, that, that's a good question. I mean, I think, uh, you know, you, you brought well, Mike, what's his name up? You know, Mike and I are very, very close. We were college roommates for three years. We both ran towards weddings. You know, we're, we're both, we're still, you know, so very close friends off the field. But, you know, when we compete on the field, it's different. You know, it, it's a competition. You know, Minster is fun to play against. You know, we have rivals everywhere we go. You know, St. Henry, we playing them. You know, our school has turned into a great rivalry for us. Uh, playing Brian is also important. A lot of good teams. I mean, I don't know if it's one team that we love playing against or don't love playing against. I, I think – I can't get distracted by that. I think a lot of times it's what we do. And and I think if I can control, you know, our, our team's, you know, philosophy, our team's, you know, mantra, it's important to me. If people can't, you know, like that mantra we portray, you know, that's what it is. But I think that's part of the challenge is to keep our guys, you know, our dugout and our guys in our program – 
do what we want to do right. So I think that's part of it, not going against a certain team or program. They're all, they're all good. I think that makes us good. You know, it's like better to be challenged by other people. Now that you've got a little bit of extra time on your hands, you're able to look back at the entire year, the entire run last year. Is there one or two things outside of the state tournament itself that stick out to you or that you'll you'll take with you? Uh, maybe just to start in the end. I mean, in the middle was, was awesome, but, you know, we had a semester before we had a rough start. We lost three games in a row, come out of the gate against three very good teams that, you know, that took it to us. We weren't quite ready to go mentally and, and I think after that, those first three losses, there's a little break and over rain a few days and we're practicing back inside. And we just, you know, had a heart-to-heart team meeting one day. And I think I told him, here's what it's going to be. You know, here's A, B, and C. And you guys want to follow A, B, and C, one, two, three, let's go. And from then they did. And I think our, our, our team, team gelled. And I think people realize how important team chemistry is. We have great talent a lot of times, but it's the team chemistry you got to have. Our team had that. We had a couple situations, again, that were off the field. Our distraction, they weren't turning to for us. Our guys kept focused at playing. And then the end. I mean, the end was great. But I think the one game everybody knows is our school game when you go to you know, eight innings and we're down four or five nothing and we come back and win. As you're so great character, team resilience, and very proud to get that win and go then go to Akron and, and take care of business, you know, it, it's very satisfying as a coach. But again, it, I, I don't kept telling them, I don't, we were never going to remember your record. You know, I think that's my, once that was over, you give me through mid June, it's over. It's like, you know, not, not being mean, but we're looking for the next group, the next team to start building for. And last year's team was great. And I had a fly, had a motto from last year's team, finish strong because we didn't do a very good job with that two years previous in the summer and in the spring, our model was staying strong. We did that. We were done, you know, and my job was to think of what next year's, what's 2020 is going to be, what's their message. And I came up with smash, you know, our model this year is smash 20 and everything I do and tell them at the end of a text or a tweet or anything is smash 20 or a break is smash 20. And all the word smash has, you know, a meaning for each letter, but, I think that's my job as, as the leader of this program now is to is to guide the guys I have. And when that's over is to go on next. What's next? And I think that's the challenge as coaches is last year's great, but it's a new year. Hopefully we get a chance to play this year and see how Smash 20 turns out. Well, I can tell you that I, I absolutely hope, obviously, that you guys get to play this year. I, I loved being able to cover your team last year and just kind of watch them grow even when people doubted them earlier on in the year, I thought, yeah, you're probably just going to need to eat that. They're going to be pretty good. They'll be fine. And uh, I always love doing cold water games. It's such a pleasure to cover your team. Well, we really thank, you know, Mike, you turned into a, you know, a big part of our, you know, our run, last couple of years, all of our sports. We want to thank you for covering us. And I know uh, you'll be there again, hopefully this spring and next fall, next winter. But, you know, it just, it's satisfying, you know, to, to, to have new new teams and, and new seasons and, and now new friends and your friendship with our program. So we do a great job, not only for, for our, the Mac, but for all the Lima area and NWC and your guys up there north. And it's just kind of nice to, to, to get, get our, you know, you know, our, our name out here a little. So great. <laughs> right, right. You need my help on that. People don't yeah, know about we, cold we, water we, baseball. You, too, so. you do a great job. Thanks, Michael. Um, I want to ask you one last thing before you go. 
I've asked every coach that I've interviewed this in the last couple of weeks, a book you would recommend that you are reading or one that you think people should read? Well, you know, uh, it was kind of interesting, you know, when we just uh, got to the season, that was kind of, just say, you know, short, cut short. And last Monday night, my daughter came down, who's, who's a sophomore at Swedo, and she received this book from her one of her basketball coaches in high school, Ted Cawley. And Ted was a longtime co-water teacher and a great coach on our basketball program girls team. And he gave the girls, uh, two years ago, she was involved, the, the, the book Old School Grit. And it just, you know, I read that book, and it's just, it just a very short read. But, it, you know, I think in my bar said this, you know, this is you. And she, she, she knew that I would like the book. And it's just, it's just a day-by-day kind of approach to having that grinding grit keep fighting. And I think that's what we're trying to do as a community, as a state, as a country, as a world now, is have that grit to fight because I think everybody's head. It's tough right now. We're not playing. We're not, not involved in a lot of things, but we're going to school. We're going to school. It's kind of hard for a lot of people, but I think if you live that, that grit, that desire, keep doing it. But the book's awesome. It's by Darren Donnelly. It's awesome. So if I can have, you know, give that book's awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. That's Brian Harlembert, the head baseball coach at Coldwater here at Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench, ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Talking now with Columbus Grove Boys Basketball Head Coach Chris Sauter. And Chris, not the way you would like for your season to end, but at least you finally get some clarity. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely unfortunate, um, especially for, you know, not just our seniors, but all the the seniors, athletes in the basketball and hockey and wrestling that, you know, aren't going to get this opportunity ever again. But like you said, at least we do have some closure. We're not in limbo we can kind of move forward from here and um, figure out a plan of attack going forward. You know, and it, it's interesting to look at your team. You sit undefeated. You were ranked number one to end the year, and a lot of people take that and say, well, we're the only undefeated team left. We're the number one team in the state. Why can't we just get a banner? It's not really that simple, I don't think. Well, it's not. And, you know, from our standpoint, and I'm sure a lot of the people in Columbus Grove, they look at it as, we finished the year AP number one. Uh, we beat the AP number two in the regional semifinals. We're the only undefeated D4 team. So our case for, you know, potentially being the best team in Division Four, I think we have a pretty good case or a pretty strong case. But at the same time, nobody that's left in Division Four is a slouch. I mean, anybody can beat anybody else on any given night. So, I mean, you're. I'm not going to say we're not the best team because I feel that we are but I'm sure you're going to get the same sentiment at Parkway and every other school that's left in the tournament right now. Before everything gets canceled, what was the feeling about going up against Parkway? Well, I mean, I think they started the year. I don't know. You have to correct me if I'm wrong. They were like three and three or something like that. Kind of got off to a slow start, but from that start, they had played really, really well. I think they were like 16 and three in their last 19 games. 
They play in the MAC, which is one of the best uh, conferences to play in. Um, I'm pretty sure this might have been the first time that they had made it to regional, so they were playing with a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger. Um, so, I mean, and you had a six-four point guard. You got some kids that are big, physical kids. The Kenny kid was a great basketball player. Um, some kids that just look like strong, physical football players that just really uh, defended well, rebounded well, did a lot of the dirty work for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we weren't taking anything – for granted, we were not taking them lightly. We knew that, you know, we'd actually, it's crazy because we scrimmaged them and Antwerp in November. And if you'd have told me back in November that the three of us would be three of the four teams in the regionals at Bowling Green, I would have, I mean, I would have taken it, but it's hard to predict that far in advance that was going to happen. So, I mean, we both had seen each other, played against each other. Uh, we already had known that they were a quality basketball team, well-coached and, uh, yeah, we knew it wasn't going to be, if we were fortunate enough to get a win, it wasn't going to be easy. How many years did the Antwerp game take off your life? Um, no more than all the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it was it was just two teams that were, I mean, I thought both teams were really, really good. Um, no team could really just make that big run, you know, to kind of put things away. Um, and being down, two, being down two going into the end of the third quarter, that was uh, that definitely ages you a little bit. So that's why I shaved my head because that way I can hide all my gray hair that I got from all these years of coaching. Um, but yeah, it, to be able to make that little bit of a run, start of the fourth quarter and get that lead, that was just huge. And then we were able to hit free throws and hold on down the stretch. You're kind of in a different position going forward. Obviously, this year is over now. You look at your juniors as seniors of. Uh, you have uh, two of the ten best scorers in Columbus Grove history coming back next year. Do you you kind of expect a little bit more next year than maybe going into this year? Well, I mean, the expectations were pretty high going into this year after you know winning nineteen games and making it to regionals with that group when you know we were starting three sophomores. So the ex- expectations going into next year are going to be huge after <laughs> what we've accomplished this season. Um, we obviously lose a lot with those four seniors we had. And, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, our, our junior class this year, Blake, Tate, Gabe, and Ethan, we know that they're going to work and they're going to get better. And we know for the most part what we're going to get from them game in and game out. A lot of our success next year is going to be based on, you know, we have another junior uh, that dressed varsity that was injured part of the year. Um, we've got some sophomores that we that we like that we think can uh, help us next year, and we got a we had a pretty good eighth grade class that won the Northwest Conference tournament. So, um, and a freshman group that won the NWC. So, we've got some kids that obviously are coming back that have done a lot for us. But our success next year is going to be based on how well can other kids improve and step up and fill the shoes of these seniors that we're losing this year. And you're already sort of behind the eight ball of not knowing as far as late spring through the summer of what kind of uh, things you're going to be able to get from them with working and workouts. Well, and we did, um, you know, being a football school and I'm, you know, all the schools that play football, I'm sure do this. We took a lot of these sophomores with us this year to all the shootouts, you know, in in this past summer just to get them some varsity exposure, get them in games against some really good teams because, 
When I was at Ada, I watched Mitchell Fain tear his ACL right in front of me in week three of the football season. I watched Heath Jackson get hurt. I watched, you know, Aaron Cross break his collarbone. So, you know, when you're a small school and, and you rely on your athletes to be successful in multiple sports, you're one injury away from, holy cow, now what do we do? So we tried to get our younger kids some exposure to varsity time. Uh, last summer, we tried to get them some time this year as the year went on just to get them some minutes in case, you know, we may need them down the stretch. Um, and we definitely are going to need them next year. So the summer is huge when it comes to getting your young kids the opportunity to play and gelling your team going forward. Um, and hopefully we get the opportunity, whether it's in June, July or sometime, uh, to get those kids together and let them let them play. You look back at this season, what uh, either your young men of how they were able to grow or moments sort of stick out to you? Um, we went through a stretch. I think we played like six games and uh, we played like Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. And we had a, a Friday night game where we played Bluffton, which was a huge NWC game. And then, you know, it, there were people there before five o'clock waiting to get in the door. And I was as full as I've ever seen Columbus Grove gym for any game and kids rose to the occasion, got a big win, came back the following weekend, played Jackson center on the road. We knew that was going to be tough. That was, that was the end of our, we called it our NBA stretch of playing six games and eight, uh, you got the, eight days the or San Antonio days Spurs or, stretch. Yeah, exactly. Because we didn't rest anybody. Um, and there was no rodeo so, at Columbus Grove. There was no rodeo. Well, there might so, have been. <laughs> yeah. But we were able to uh, go on the road to Jackson Center. And, I mean, I think they're still left in the – they won their regional semifinal game as well. So, for us to go on the road and beat them in overtime, I thought it was a huge win. And I thought that stretch for us was kind of a defining uh, time period for us because it showed just how well we could play when, you know, we're stacked up against really, really good teams – and we need to show up. We kind of found out that our kids are up to the task, that everything we did last year as sophomores and uh, juniors had paid off for this group of juniors and seniors this year. Well, the, the good news is, I guess the takeaway is, you won't have to try to add any kind of motivation for any, to any kid that comes back from this year to next year. They'll have that built in, I would think. Yeah, and that was kind of the crazy thing this year. We got to the regional semis. And there were times this year where it felt like some some games, we were just playing these games just to get to the regional semifinals. You know, they all mattered. We wanted to win them all. But it's like, until we get to that point so that we have an opportunity to win that game, you know, that's the only thing that matters right now. So now next year we're in kind of the same situation where, yeah, we won them all last year, but we have to get back to – that regional championship game and accomplish something more than what we did the year before. So, I, I mean, kids are going to be motivated. I think uh, those juniors that, you know, obviously have gotten their season cut short, that don't get a chance to have a chance to play to go to Columbus uh, are really going to be motivated to uh, get back there. And I think that the uh, younger kids we got coming up haven't got that little bit of taste, you know, dressing and warming up on BG's floor and seeing, 
you know, just that atmosphere and what it's like in the community when you have success, I think that will motivate them to continue to work and get better and improve their game. So not just to do it for themselves, but to do it for this junior class that, you know, really deserves an opportunity to, to play at, at state next year. Well, I can tell you that uh, we're so thankful for all your help this year and had a blast covering your team. I loved being able to get text messages before every game of, hey, you guys are doing the Grove game, right? What time is Grove playing? It's neat to see so much, uh, so many people in your community into what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and that's what we we told the kids. And when I got there four years ago, um, it just seemed boys basketball, you know, you get community support. People come out. They're going to support the kids. But it just seemed like our girls' basketball team, with all the success that Coach Raiders had with them, was just on a little bit of a different level. And, you know, you preach to kids, and it seemed like we did a lot of that the first couple of years, if that's what we want. We want to be at that level. We want people expecting us to, you know, be in big games and to win big games and to be on TV and for you guys to have that swagger walking through the hallways and walking around uptown. We want to be on that same level that our girls' program was at And, you know, now both teams have a lot of success. Um, Girls made it to the district finals again. Pretty sure they won both leagues again. Um, So it's it's definitely a good time to be a Columbus Grove basketball player. It's definitely a good time to be a fan of Columbus Grove athletics. And our community is just a great community. They show up and support, and uh, we couldn't ask anything more from them. I want to ask you before I go, Right now, uh, I'm asking a lot of coaches during this, trying to help people read some more. What's a book that either you have read or you are reading that you would recommend for people to check out? <laughs> I can't even tell you the last book I've read. <laughs> Worth a shot. Every, uh, it's weird because everybody else just jumped right to, oh, it's this coaching manual. Check this out. See, and I don't, I, I'm not much of a reader. Please don't tell any of my students <laughs> that when I harp on them that they need to read and how important it is. But um, I get a lot of my stuff just, I like watching videos online. I watch, I like watch or reading, you know, different emails I get from basketball publications or um, different websites and just kind of reading those things and learning those things. Um, I just actually tweeted, or not tweeted, but messaged my kids uh, varsity brands had put out like a group of uh, motivational videos for kids to watch during this time that I thought were really good uh, just to keep kids you know, kind of upbeat and motivated while they're kind of unable to get together and practice. But as far as watch or reading a book, kind of asking the wrong guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> or the shot. It's, yeah, it's we're the moving shot. pictures. Probably the, I'm probably the only one. So I can tell you, I've, I've watched plenty of Netflix last week and a half but you watched the tiger story yet i finished that up last night and that was absolute insanity um (laughs) i have yet to start it i'm waiting for my wife and i to be home at the same time it's it's a crazy watch that's all i'm gonna say (sighs) so that that's your recommendation there you go See, I oh, I'm not going to recommend that, but (laughs) it it is definitely interesting (laughs) well thank you so much for uh for doing this hey no problem i appreciate the appreciate the call and i wish we were speaking on under different circumstances, but I do appreciate all you guys do covering local sports and uh, putting our kids out there and giving them an opportunity to be seen. And, um, you know, just thank you for all you guys do. Happy to do it. That's Chris Sauter, the Columbus Grove boys basketball head coach. 
Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Talking now with Audible Glendorf Head Boys basketball coach Tyson McLaughlin. And uh, the bad news, obviously, the axe swinging today. But a little bit of clarity, Ty, on the fact that you guys now sort of actually know what's happening or, in this case, isn't happening. Yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where people are have, have their uh, suspicions and have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. But, you know, I kind of talked to our guys today. Uh, you know, we got an email last night. Uh, the high school principals did, and uh, Mrs. Elabraca got in contact with me that there was going to be a teleconference today at 11 a.m. Uh, to kind of discuss the, the, the winter sports uh, plan and tournaments moving forward. And, and like you said, kind of gave us a little bit of clarity that the season was going to be canceled. And being able to talk to our guys, I think we were kind of, you know, I guess we were delaying the inevitable, and I guess you could say. And, you know, we talked to our guys today about how proud we were. But uh, at least now they kind of have an idea of exactly what's going on and they can hopefully get back to some regularity. How did the kids sort of take it? Was it kind of the same thing of, all right, well, I guess now we know? I think so. And I think just this time, you know, the last time we met, you know, the season was postponed. And I think everybody thought at that moment it was over. And they gave us a little glimmer of hope that, you know, we still could possibly play. Uh, uh, So we were holding on to that. And and then this time, you know, like you said, it is some closure. And and they do understand that. But I think also uh, our, our guys realize that it's, that it's over now. And, you know, when you talk to those guys and you're talking to 17, 18 year old kids, uh, put their heart and soul into your program to have to tell them that, um, they're not going to play another high school basketball game. It, it's very tough, especially, you know, for the type of kids that we have and, uh, and the mission that they were on. It just, you know, it didn't make it any easier. It's kind of one of those odd things too, because, you know, if you tell those kids at the beginning of the year, your last basketball game, you're going to walk off the floor as a winner they're going to be, I would imagine, you know, overjoyed because they're going to walk off the floor in Columbus with the big gold trophy. But unfortunately, that's not what happened. This was a year like uh, unlike any other. And uh, it uh, doesn't make it any easier. doesn't make it, uh, you know, right. Uh, but, you know, like, you know, our coaches talked today after afterwards and kind of mentioned to those guys about, you know, what they were able to accomplish. And, uh, you know, playing our best basketball at the end of the year. And I think that's, I don't want to say that makes it tougher because uh, there's a lot of teams that feel that they're playing, you know, at a very high level. But, man, we were clicking on all cylinders and we were, you know, just seeming to get better. And, you know, that, that cliche of, you know, peaking at the right time. I think our guys knew that they sensed that. And uh, you could just tell that look in their eyes that last game we played, you know, we, we didn't just win. You know, they, they played at an extremely high level. And I think, you know, I think our guys thought that we had a real good opportunity. And, you know, I think they were right. And that was what was so fascinating to me was having seen a lot of your guys' games this year was your balance continued to, for lack of a better term, become more balanced in that, you know, you could start Parker, all right, well, then you're going to get the big guys down low. And when you doubled out on them, all right, we're opening up the outside again. And you were just kind of able to, at times, it seemed like do whatever you want. We, we, had, a, we had it going. And uh, that's not that's not 
being cocky. That's just our guys, you know, peaking at the right time and, and really playing well with one another. You know, the chemistry was phenomenal. Uh, and, and, you know, I think a lot of people talk about the offense, you know, because we put a lot of points up and we have a lot of different guys that can score, and, you know, in a, in a variety of ways. But I tell you what was what was really unique and special about this team was how well defensively we were playing at the end of the year. You know, we, we kind of, you know, hang our hat on putting a lot of pressure on and people see us pressing and, and doing those things. But what makes us really good uh, is especially when we can put that pressure on and understand we can be even a little bit more aggressive because we had six seven, six seven, six five in the back, you know, being able to alter and block shots. And, you know, those three guys especially were doing a phenomenal job of protecting the rim, and it allowed us to, you know, kind of amp up that pressure even more on the perimeter. And it also helps that you have a six five kid and Ethan Alt handling the basketball. And it's so funny because I've tried to explain to people when they say, you know, what's kind of that X factor? Well, at times it was him because he's not going to have the flashy stat sheet, but he's going to have the stat sheet with seven assists at the end, five rebounds and one or two plays like the block he had in Bowling Green where you just go, ah, okay. Yeah. You know, he, he is, you know, he's our, he was our Mr. Everything. He did a little bit of everything for us. And you know, that you need guys like that. And, and sometimes people get caught up in how many points somebody scores or, you know, these, you know, unbelievable plays, but Ethan was just solid from the beginning of the year to the end. And, and those are the guys that you really feel for because, you know, they were peaking at the right time and doing all those little things. And to be able to showcase that on the biggest stage is what you ultimately want. And, uh, you know, like we said to our guys, everything happens for a reason. We don't understand what that reason is at this moment. Uh, but it, hopefully this is something that's going to make them better in the long run. And, you know, that's my job. My job as a coach is to turn these boys into men. And, you know, I think uh, these guys have you know, they've grown a lot. We've faced a lot of adversity this year. And, and I hope there are some things that these guys can take that's going to make them better people, make them better dads, husbands, et cetera. It's like fifty-one and three is the your program and the girls' program this year. I, obviously, neither one ends the way that Ottawa Glendorf would love for in the way that uh, you're used to. But I mean, I I am hard pressed to find any other boys and girls programs in the state that could probably match up with that. No, we we're we're very fortunate. We got kids that work extremely hard and, and we got a really good thing going because we got good leaders at the top and, and our, our players set a great example for our younger kids and you know I'm driving around the weather is a little bit nicer now you see all these kids outside playing ball and you know doing things that, because they want to be the, the Owen Nichols the Ben Westricks the Parker Shoemakers the Kelsey Erford Brianna Schimmler's of the world and, and you know they dream about that opportunity and when these kids go out there and, and they you know put it all on the line uh, these younger ones they, they want to be just like them. You know, I got a three-year-old that goes in their living room every day shooting baskets. You know, he's Owen Nichols today, or, you know, he's talking about the JV guys, and, and that's what it's about. And, uh, you know, we're very fortunate. Uh, we don't take it for granted, but it's something that uh, I think a lot of schools strive for. Has anyone explained to him that dear old dad was pretty good too? <laughs> he's just dumb dad to him, you know. <laughs> he's just dad up there coaching. I'm the coach, and he likes those players, and that's, that's, that's a-okay with me. I mean, as long as he doesn't become a Duke fan, it'll be all right. Uh, we got him brainwashed already. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I mean, being a Carolina fan, I can't say anything, though. At least we didn't lose the NCAA tournament. Oh, hey, there, there's one positive there for right? you because it was going to happen for you. Oh, I, you we're not even making the CBI, but that's a whole other thing. Um, I wanted to ask you this because I asked your assistants about this, and they just sort of laughed. BG was kind of an oddity with everything that was in place. You – 
had to play that game in front of less than what your normal junior varsity crowd is. It was kind of an awkward thing, but as per usual, the OG fans in attendance showed out and made it sound like a game back at home. I, I tell you what, I, I listen, I actually watch. My daughter filmed for us, and we had it on the iPad, and very rarely do I watch the games with the, you know, with the volume on. And it was awesome. It, it really was. That first three minutes of the game, that, that energy level that our fans brought. And I think they knew that. And they were cheering before the game and, and they were trying to give us that edge, you know. And that's one thing that we've been fortunate to have is, you know, that, that six man where our fans come out there and they kind of swallow people up. And, uh, you know, our fans did a great job. It was an intimate setting because, you know, those are, those are, that's our family. We preach family to our guys all the time. And that, that's the closest people, you know, in our lives in that gym. And if there's anybody that wanted it more, you know, you know, as, as like our players, it was those people in that gym. So, uh, we had to use that to our advantage, and, you know, we're very thankful, you know, to have that type of environment because, you know, I, I think it meant a little bit more, and, and I think the fans understood that and realized that as well. I've always tried to explain to people when they ask about the relationship between the Ottawa and Glendor community and the school and teams, and the two days now that jump out to me are that uh, a couple of years ago the girls are playing in the state tournament in Columbus. You guys are playing in the regionals in BG that night, and – a couple of weeks ago where you guys play at Lima senior, the girls play at Lexington. People don't realize everybody got in their car from one location and headed <laughs> right to the next one. And you don't get that in a lot of places. It's so cool. It's uh, it, it, again, it's that's, we're very fortunate. And, and sometimes I think some of us take it for granted and uh, they don't realize how much time and, and how tough it is to, to win a district championship and, uh, you know, to play in the regionals and, you know, our, our guys don't take that, you know, lightly, but at the same time, um, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to have the fan base that we, that we have, you know, it was made my job as, you know, coach and athletic director, a real pain, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago when, you know, we sold 800, 900 tickets in the first four hours to find out that only 250, you know, 150 people are going to get into the game to watch it, <laughs> but uh, you kind of refunded all those tickets, but uh, it, it was one of those things that, you know, people were here to support our kids and they were, they were ready to go for the long run. And like we talked about earlier, it just, uh, it wasn't in the cards. Well, even though it doesn't end the way that you would like for it to congratulations on a great year and thank you so much for everything. Hey, thanks Mike. Thanks for everything you do. And, uh, like I said, I'm very proud of our guys and the way they handled this whole situation, you know, I'm just extremely thankful to, to be part of the OG community and coach of our Titans. That's Tyson McLaughlin, the boys' head coach at Ottawa Glendorf. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench, ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Big thanks to all four coaches for being a part of the show. Chris Sauter talking about Columbus Grove hoops. Brian Harlebert about Coldwater baseball. Tyson McLaughlin about Ottawa Glendorf, the boys team, and about the community. And Coach Kurt Guttemiller for a walk down memory lane talking about his flyers from a couple of years ago and their state title. Speaking of Marion Local and state titles, Ryan Bruns is going to be a guest uh, again on the show. He was a guest earlier on in the year, 
Talked about his pro season in the Liga EBA League in Spain. Right now, though, uh, kind of on a hiatus back home in Maria Stein in Chickasaw and uh, hanging out with the fam after a 20-0 season cut short in Spain. He, I believe, will be a part of next week's show as I didn't get a chance to hook up with him while I was recording this one. But there's a terrific article on the Daily Standard website at dailystandard.com that Colin Foster also, who was on the show recently, wrote about Bruns and his foray to uh, the Spanish leagues and about how he's come back home and kind of what that has meant. Be sure to check that out online at dailystandard.com. Had a uh, tournament, too, to decide a uh, the best play-by-play guy or the best personality, I should say, in the area. And it was a lot of fun on Twitter. Please be sure to check it out, at Michael Hearn PVP. And uh, the finals, just an absolutely amazing matchup in Kenny Stabler and Bruce Hefflinger. Uh, nobody in there is a slouch. Everybody does so many great things for the area, and that's the big thing. That's where we are right now. It's supposed to be March Madness, so everybody's creating polls about everything. And I wanted to joke with uh, Coach Harlemert earlier about his state championship teams, and he said everyone is different, but no one is – kind of better than the others, and that's what it needs. Somebody in Coldwater put this out. Put out a Twitter bracket and figure out who the best team is. I'd love to see it. I'm just not going to be the guy who does it. But a big thanks again to all four of those guys. Tremendous coaches, and uh, I love dealing with them. They make my job so much easier when uh, things are going on. Again, sports is on the other side of the rainbow. You just have to be patient and figure out who has the tall ladder. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Around the Hearn. Have a great night, even better tomorrow, and be safe. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.